People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I'm Solway. And I'm Finchy McFinch. And we are... Together we are. <laughs> the realm of the supernatural. So, hope you all enjoyed Halloween. Uh, obviously we put out a fast blast, which yeah, is like a little yeah. mini episode that we're doing in between episodes. Uh, if you get a chance, check that out and let us know what you think. Because if you enjoy it, yeah, these little ten-minute episodes, need your feedback. Then we'll definitely yeah. you know, we want to do more, don't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we enjoy so, doing them, so hopefully you guys enjoy yeah, listening to them. We we'll have a bit of a laugh with them all. I think. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay, so we've got some housekeeping to do, but we'll do that a little bit later on. So today, I'm going to be talking about ancient aliens. Ooh. Okay, a little bit of that, but it's more. I think it's the human origin story. Slash Bigfoot. Right, okay. okay. But I'll get into the Bigfoot bit uh, towards the end. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of things to throw in there as we go along. And some stuff that you'll be better off if you um, go and have a look at this. Some you know, some of the things I'm going to tell you, there's do- uh, like documentaries and presentations right. around a lot of this. And some of them are fantastic. Really, really good. So I'll give you them as we go along. And then you, know, you, you can go and look at it at your own leisure if you like. Sounds good. Okay, so most people will be familiar with the Anunnaki. Okay, yep. this ancient race of aliens that was meant to have come to the Earth uh, and basically seeded life on Earth, human life. Um, and if we watch the show, uh, which has been going now for you know like a decade or something, the Ancient Aliens, you'll hear it quite a lot on there where they'll talk about uh, the aliens came and made us in their image, this kind of thing, and. To the, with the, the text, okay, that's fundamentally wrong. Right. Okay, and then I'll get into a little bit of that as we go along, but that's that's really the 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 premise of why I'm doing this is because we hear that so often that it, it's become a little bit a little bit boring to me now. Yeah. You know, because they they do that and they just chuck it out there, um, and I'm not saying that they're deliberately doing it to you know to mislead people. I think that's just the way they. Um, Think the text is read, or think that you know, uh, but it's not. Um, anyway, we'll get into that. So, Solway's way is right, is it? No, I'm just reading the text basically, <laughs> and then you 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 can make your own decision based on the text. Right. Okay. So, what we're talking about here is the translation from the uh, cuneiform ta- tablets, which were found in, which is basically now modern day Iraq. Okay, and these tablets, are, you know, been dated now to like ten thousand year old, something like. Yeah. Um, well, the first came back to the UK by a guy called George Smith, who was uh, the creator at the museum there, and he was one of the first people who actually um, um, translated these. And the story goes, as the story unfolds, okay, it, it becomes the tale of the deluge, the flood. Okay, and obviously we're all familiar with the story, and they was in 1872, familiar with the story of Noah. Yep. Okay, so as he sat there at his kitchen table reading these tablets, 
and and uh, should I suppose I should just give you an example of what these tablets are they're like a, they're clay tablets okay so they're like a clay um yeah I mean I just grab a tablet like a like a paving slab yeah yeah okay yeah and then obviously it's wet clay and what they do they get like a little stick and they just press it's like a tri- like a triangle at the end and they just press it in the clay and you know different configurations yeah basically like hieroglyphs I guess um make different words yeah and these were found in these ancient cities in you know like say around uh, what Babylonia and that kind of place and they were brought back and there was a lot of them were in fragments and it took a lot of time to put them back together and then someone had to sit down and translate them now yeah. George Smith was one of the first people to actually translate this particular passage which we're going to look at today which is the tale of uh, Atarasis or the Epic of Gilgamesh which is you know more commonly used now so it was 1872 he sat at the table he, he reads this and when he talk, when he hears the bit about the flood, the deluge, and that the fact that Atrasis had to make this boat and put the animals on it and save, in, he, then he realizes that it's the same story he's been told for years. Yeah. Noah's Ark, and it sent him into a bit of um, a bit of a panic, really, because he realized that the story that he was being told was a lot older than what they thought. Right. And it, the story goes that he actually dropped the tablet, running around the kitchen screaming, squealing. And the, the, well, I guess the belief now is that yeah, it may have had an epileptic fit. Yeah. Okay. So he was that astonished by what he was reading. Now a lot of like clergymen and that at the time they couldn't accept this. You know, they could not accept that this story, which basically is identical to the Noah Ark story, could be X amount of years older than what they perceived. Anyway, the translation of the cuneiform is what we're really here to talk about and where we fit into all this again so the story starts by talking about this group of beings which call what they call two different types of gods okay so you've got the lower gods and then the higher gods yep okay so the higher gods come down with them they brought the lower gods now i'm going to put this in straight away so we could sort of get the story straight in our heads when we talk about the lower gods the gods to us, but to the higher gods, basically slave. Yeah. Okay, so when we talk about the higher gods, we're talking about the Anunnaki. When we talk about the lower gods, we're talking about the Ajiji. And the Anunnaki brought the Ajiji with them to do all the hard work. Yep. So, essentially, slaves. That's where Ancient Aliens goes fundamentally wrong from the outset. Yeah. Okay, because it doesn't see this uh, relationship. But the tablets start by talking about the reason that they came here was to mine gold. They had a failing atmosphere, yeah. and they needed gold to uh, basically vaporize this gold and then put it in the atmosphere, and it was going to reflect some heat. Similar, similar to what we're doing now with silver in our own atmosphere. So they settled in two different areas. They basically settled in uh, what's now known as, uh, like, say, Iraq, and they settled somewhere in Africa. Uh, so you've got basically Anu is the father. Okay, then he sent his two sons down here, which are Enil and Enki. Okay, and I think it was Enil who ended in Mesopotamia, and Enki who ended up in Africa. And the story says that they drew lots to decide. Uh, I'll just give the passage here, I've got it here. When the gods, instead of man, did the work, bore a load, the gods' load was too great. The work too hard, the trouble too much. The great Anunnaki made the Ajiji. Okay, so... Yeah, that's fine. So, 
made the Ajuju. Yeah. Okay, so this comes into play a little bit later on when you get into Lyndon Malta Howell stuff. Right, yeah. Okay, but for now, let's just, no, they made the Ajuju. That's what the text says, okay. To carry the workload sevenfold, Anu, the father, was the king. The counsellor warrior, Enil. The chamberlain was Nagaratu. The the canal controller was Anuji. And they took lots, okay? Cast the lots, the gods made the division. Anu went up to the sky. Enil took the air for his people. And the bolt that barred the sea was assigned to far-sighted Enki. So, they drew lots. And this is how they ended up, where they ended up. Okay. Now it says that the the gods, this is the Ajiji, were digging the watercourse, canals they opened, the life of the land. The Ajiji gods were digging the watercourse, canals they opened, the life of the land. The Ajiji gods dug the Tigris River and the Euphrates thereafter. Springs they opened from the depth wells they established. So this basically said the first thing that they did when they got here was they diverted the canals, Tigris and Euphrates, so now what we get today is Mesopotamia, the land between the two rivers, Yeah, um, which is what it means, and basically made that um, fertile. So they, they moved these two canals close to each other, um, these two rivers, sorry, to you know, to actually make the land fertile for them to live there. Makes sense. Because yeah. you've got to remember that there's no trees, nothing there. You know what I mean? It's basically a desert. Uh, they actually use clay to make the houses, etc., because there's no trees, and yeah. that's part of the thing, but... Right, it says the years of drudgery, the vast marsh. They counted years of drudgery and 40 years too much. Now, that some of the texts say that these people, the Ajiji, were working for 3,600 years. Okay, and then when it talks to the year where it talks about 40 years too much, is this where they're saying, um, we was meant to have finished by this date, but we've gone over by 40 years? Well, yeah. Okay, so what? Yeah. So they're getting pretty fed up with it all, okay? Right, and it says this, so muttering down in the ditches, let's face up to the form and the prefect. He must take off our heavy burden upon us. Enil, counsellor of the gods, the warrior, come, let us remove him from his dwelling. Enil, counsellor of the gods, the warrior, come, let us remove him from his dwelling. Now then, call for battle. Battle, let us join. Warfare. The gods heard his words. They set fire to their tools. They put fire to their spades and flames to their work baskets. They went off, one and all, to the gates of Warrior Enil's abode. So, there's an uprising. Yep. They've had enough. They're sick of what they're doing. Want him out. Some of the texts again tell uh, that they were struggling on the air because they're not designed to live here for yep. that amount of time. Okay, so the actual physiological body was was struggling. Yeah. The body was struggling. So, they'd had enough to so just march up to his house. Now we get like a little bit of a back and forth here, which is quite cool, but it says that um, it was halfway through the night, the watch, the house was surrounded, but the god did not know. It was night, it was halfway through the watch, Aurora was sounded, and Enil did not know. So, it was halfway through the night, this guy was meant to be on watch, yeah. and he was asleep. Oh dear. Okay, Nasku was asleep, and he's at ease sort of go-between actually was that was the one who spotted him right and he runs to him and says you better get up there's something going on yeah there's a rabble round the door and all that so he runs to Enil and tells him the situation my lord your house is surrounded 
A rabble is running around your door. Nasku opened the gate, right? So this is where he speaks to Enel, and Enel says, go and find out what they want. Yeah. Okay. So Nasku opens the gate, took his weapon, and went out. Enel, in assembly of all the gods. So let Nasku go out and hear the word of the Ajiji. So he says to him, who is the instigator of this battle? Who is the instigator of these hostilities? Who has declared war? The battle has run to the gates of Enel. There's some lines missing in this text, okay, because if you get a picture of, and I'll, I'll link a picture in to the show notes, you can have a look at these cuneiform tablets, yeah. but they are well battered, you know, they are, oh, yeah. I mean, you got to imagine that, you know, when the when the places were destroyed, the the whole building fell on these and just broke them into smithereens, basically. But, well, it will be if it's clay. Yeah, so there is some lines missing, but I think you still get the general picture of what's going on. Okay, so the gods, the Ajiji, reply that every one of us has declared war. Okay, we've set fire to, and there's some lines missing here, so the excavations. Excessive drudgery has killed us. Our forced labour was too heavy and the misery too much. Now every one of us good gods has resolved on reckoning with Enil. Okay, so this is where you're getting this revolt now. Right. Okay, so now... He goes out, Nasku goes out, speaks to him, they tell him this. He goes back to Enel and tells him the situation. Enel is a bit of, if you like, the two brothers, he's got like a good one and a bad one, okay? Yeah. So Enel decides the best way to, to quash this uprising is to bring one inside, slaughter him, yep. and chuck him back out there and say, right, get back to work. Yeah. And he pretty much says, if I do that, they'll go back to work. But... His advisor says, I don't think that's a good idea, because it's not just one or two, it's all of them. Yeah. yeah. Now, we don't have numbers um, of how many there were, but we know that there was a lot more of them, the Ajiji, than there was of the Anunnaki. Revolution. Yeah, so not a sensible idea, okay? Yeah, you kill a few, but you probably won't kill them all, and you probably come off worse. So he decides that what he should do is get in touch with his brother and his sister and form an assembly and decide what they're going to do. Yep. Now, this doesn't take place over weeks, months, and years. This not this doesn't take place in the text. It seems like this is almost instant. That they've got instant lines of communication. Um, obviously, today we have telephones, etc., the yep. internet, uh, and they may have had something similar because he literally calls him up, cup and string, and says to him, you know, and the guy's in Africa, but he rings him up and says, uh, right, we've got a bit of a situation here. Um, he says, my my idea is to go out there and kill one. Yeah. And Enki says, no, you can't do that. You cannot do that. He says, in the passage again, I'll read some of it here, but it says, Every day the outcry was loud. We could hear their clamour. So it's saying that they knew there was a situation. Okay, they knew that the workload was too excessive and um, they'd been hearing this clamour. They'd have been hearing and moaning for quite some time. Okay, yeah. So they kind of knew this was coming. Sounds, sounds familiar, that, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think Enki, in the back of his mind, had presumed this was going to happen and already had some sort of idea of how he's going to get himself out of yeah. this, how he's going to get out of this. Got a plan. Yeah, so he, he says, look, we've got Bellatilli here. Um, let her create a man, Okay. Let him bear the yoke, let him bear the yoke, let man assume the drudgery of the gods. Bellatilly, the midwife, is present. Let the midwife create a human being. Let man assume the drudgery of the gods. 
they summoned and asked the goddess. Now remember, Enki's in Africa, so he would have seen um, early man would have been there at the time. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is his idea to use these. Uh, the midwife of the gods, wise mammy. This is where we get the word uh, man. Yeah. Okay. Will you be the birth goddess, creator of mankind? Create a human being that will bear the yoke. Let him bear the yoke, the task of Enil. Let him assume the drudgery of the gods. Nintu made ready to speak and said to the gods, It is not for me to do the task of Enki. He is the cleanser all. Let him provide the clay so I can do the making. Enki made ready to speak. He said to the great gods, On the first day, seventh day, and the fifteenth day of the month, let me establish purification, a bath. Let one be slaughtered, then let the gods be cleansed by immersion. And it says that uh, Ninsu mixed the clay with flesh and blood. Let the same god on the man be fully mixed with the clay. Let us hear the drum for the rest of time. I think that drum might be heartbeat. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, or it could just be symbolic. I don't know. Um, from the flesh of the god. Let the spirit remain. And this spirit, this ghost, I'll come on to this in a second. Yeah, so let us hear the drum beat forever after. Let the ghost come into existence from the god's flesh. Let here proclaim it as a living sign. And let the ghost exist as not to forget. And apparently the Anunnaki, the great assembly, answered yes. Alright. So they said, um, yeah, alright, this sounds like a plan, let's give it a go. Yeah. So at that point... Uh, the the guard has to go back outside and speak with the Ajiji and say to them, right, Mammy's come up with this plan. Um, she's going to try and make a slave to replace you. Yeah. And at that point, you're free. Yeah. Um, she also he also says that one of you will have to be uh, slaughtered in the making of this. Yeah. So there's have to be a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah. And one of them off, offers his up. I think his name was Elo. Elo. He offers himself up. And it goes on to talk about this guy had intelligence. Now, if you're going to build a slave, you need some intelligence because you need the slave to know um, that it's finished its task. Yeah. You know, and and to come to you and say, uh, Master, I've finished my task. What's yeah. the next task? Whatever. You need it to be have some intelligence where it can carry out a task. So it tells you that the the intelligence was taken from the Ajiji and put into uh, the new the man. The man. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think. This is where Ancient Aliens gets it wrong because it sees the gods creating us from in their image. Now they actually create us, according to the text, in the Ajiji's image. Yeah. The Ajiji being the slave. Now the text is is ambiguous at best, where it tells you that the it, the Anunnaki may have actually created the Ajiji. So whether they was created from them in their image, we don't know. So they're all trying to make us like the Ajiji. They made us like the Ajiji, but the Anunnaki may have created the Ajiji themselves. Right, right. So they might be about, they might be related to the Anunnaki, yep. and then therefore we're related to the Ajiji, and and conversely related back to the Anunnaki. Uh, yeah. That could be a possibility, okay. Uh, but it's more likely, I would say, that the Anunnaki built the Ajiji from something they had on their planet. Yeah. Mixing two species together, etc. Um, and it, we'll come on to a little bit in a minute. A bit more scientific when we get into um, defects in humans, etc., yep. uh, which don't make a lot of sense. But okay, so where have we got up to? So we got up to this 
the creation of mankind, okay? Now, some of the texts tell you that they did try other, other beings back in Africa. Now, it went back to apparently Enki and his sister uh, did this concoction, if you like, in Africa. And yep. Enki being there, he had a garden, the palace was a garden. And I think maybe later on where we get the Garden of Eden. Right, yeah. Might be something to do with Enki's garden where this was created. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, that, you know, that's just putting two and two together, but it just seems quite well, yeah. similar. And the creation was happening there, okay? Okay, so it says the Ajiji, the great god, spat spittle upon the clay. Mammy made her voice heard and spoke to the great gods. I have carried out your work perfectly, the work that you've ordered me. You have slaughtered a god together with his intelligence. Uh, you have imposed your load on man. You have bestowed noise on the man. This noise comes up later on, okay, I'll mention that now. Right, yeah. You have bestowed noise on mankind. I have undone the fetter and granted freedom. So this is this is the announcement that she's making to the AGG now, back at the assembly, that she's created come up with this working being. Yeah. 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 So it's freedom for the it's slaves free now, now, yeah. Yeah. Now it's not clear in this whether they went back to their own planet, um, whether they just lived the rest of the days here. Now obviously we've got some um, evidence that giants were here. Right, okay. Um, so whether they were they whether these were the giants, I don't know, but we we don't know where what happened to them, but we know there was three. So okay. what this could what this could initially be, so this you you've gone down from the, the you know, the gods their slaves now to where man man's a slave, but it might not be man, it could be a giant. Mm. And then the giants could have possibly then next below that could have been man. Yeah. Well, yeah. We know them. All we know is that they, they presumably made mankind. And and Atreus, who who's, who's relaying all this, Atreus just means wise, wise man, wise one. Yeah. Uh, so it's not his name. Um, he actually had the, a name, Zidinian, I think his name was something like that. But Atreus just means wise one. So it's he not, is he is one of the creations. So. It's not necessarily a man, though. This could be a giant. Well, no, he was a man, as far as we know. Right. Okay. So he was a man, but whether they created whether they created giants in the process, or whether yeah. the Gigi were giants, it's possible. I think. Anyway, so they listened. So the Gigi listened uh, to her speech, and obviously, they were freed from the shackles, essentially. So they kissed their feet. Yeah. Uh, we used to call you Mammy, but now we will name you Mistress of all the Gods. Farsighted Enki and wise Mammy went to the room of fate. The womb goddess, is what she's known as now, was assembled. They trod the clay with their presence. Yeah. She's got a mark now, hasn't she? Yeah, so now the people take take the place of the Ajiji. So they took the took a hold of the spades and they took hold of the picks, they dig the canals, they freed the people, sustain the gods. Six hundred years, six hundred years passed, okay? The country became too wide and the people too numerous. This was the problem. Yeah. Okay. They built them <clears throat> now. <clears throat> The Sumerian Kings list talks about kings reigning for like 28,000 to 36,000 years, one yep. person. Okay, so that was their lifespan. Um, now, scientists will sort of say, well, um, or historians and that, they'll say, well, no, that what they actually meant, they had a different way of counting years in them days. So they got 28,000 years, 36,000 years. This was so in relevance, it could be 30 years or 40 years. It could years. be, but, yeah. but as you come down the Sumerian Kings list, you start seeing a drop-off. So you get 28,000, 36,000, 28,000 sort of average lifespan, and then it starts dropping off after the flood. 
Ah, right. So it then goes to 450 years, 900 yeah. years. Now, Noah was meant to live for 900 years. Um, then it drops off to you get reigns of like 27 years. So, But it's all in the same tablet. Now, if the, now scientists say, well, yeah, but they had a different way of recording um, years. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. but not not on the same. Sounds tablet. like not not only a different, we've got a different way of uh, living now. You know, the health of them doesn't yeah. sound as long. Uh, in, I mean, in this text, <clears throat> I don't think I've, I don't think I've uh, said this yet, but they actually speak of making a mortal man. All right. Yeah. So whether yeah. they were immortal, I don't yeah. know, but they actually speak it speaks of making a mortal man. Um, and when you see the when you see the kings list, which I'll you know again I'll I'll put up on the handout so people can see it, but. Yeah. You see this drop off after the flood. So after this this happens. Yeah. Okay, so six hundred years has passed, okay. They design designed us with breeding. This quickness of breeding. Yeah. Um actually talks about where they had to cut a woman open because the, the child was too big. They had, they had to go back into the genetics and well, you can imagine that they went back into the genetics and actually altered the, the uh, gestation period because we was um carrying the baby too long. Yeah. Now, if you think about our babies when they come out, um, they're useless. You know, well, you look at you look at a baby monkey, chimpanzee, something, or a dare even, or a giraffe. It stands up, it's walking, uh, it's quite alert. You get obviously mammals are slightly different, but you'll get primates where they they come out, they can cling onto the mum. Yeah, and you know our babies can't do that. No, our babies almost come out too early. It's like they're not ready. Uh, and this text actually tells you that they actually split a woman open after ten months and check the baby, All right. and, and change and change basically the genetics to get it right. But in that they was creating so obviously it takes a few months for us to have a baby. Whereas if they're living thirty six thousand years, we don't know how long it took them to to have a, a baby. Could be in there like <coughs> a few thousand years. Could it? be so, yeah. you know. So we had a situation where the land got too numerous people, too many, and it talks about this. So six hundred years. Less than 600 years passed. The country became too wide, the people too numerous, the country was too noisy, like a bellowing bull. The god grew restless at their racket. Enil had to listen to their noise. He addressed the great gods. The noise of mankind has become too much. I am losing sleep over their racket. Give me the order that Shrupa disease shall break out. So, <clears throat> we get a situation here now where... Again, he's back to his old ways. He's had enough of us. And he wants to wipe us out. So sacrifice some again. Yeah, yeah. so he, 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 get, he asks for the order to be given for this disease to be brought forth. Now, this Shrupa disease, um, it, in the text, it's, it's difficult, really, but it sounds like it's uh, almost malevolent. It sounds like it's almost like a demon. Right. Okay. Not just you know like an illness. Yeah. Something else going on. Yeah. So whether that was a being that we're talking about, or whether that was just you know a plague. Is this before or after the flood then? Is it still before? Yeah. So now Enhill, it was the good and an anarchy god, if you like. He didn't like the fact that he was going to kill a lot of people. Oh, so there was a good one out of all. He this. was kind of good, yes. So and remember that they sort of had a hand in creating us. So he sort of felt like. Um, um, sort of obliged to look after us, you know. Yeah. Um, although not di directly linked to them, again, but he still sort of had a hand. So what he does, he tells Atreasus that uh, Atreasus tells him to to make bread, basically, right. and take it to the take it to his master. Yeah. 
So even though they're dying and starving, yeah, and it tells you that the bones were sticking out, it tells you that the, their eyes were bulging, it tells you, you know, all all the things that they were properly bad, in a bad way. Take this bread, make this bread, even though you're starving, take it to your master. Yeah, you know, like guilt tripping. Yeah. So even though you're starving, you're going to bring this bread to him, and it worked. Right. Because the masters who was in charge of the humans at the time, they they took pity on them and 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 basically um, asked for this disease to be stopped. And so another few hundred years go past, and then we, we get too many again. Yeah. A lot of people did die here. But again, the, the population grows, and he gets fed up with it again. And remember, he doesn't like us anyway. No. You know, he doesn't like mankind anyway. So he's looking for another excuse, and so he, he finds another way to uh, to wipe us out. And this this basically, where he is, does try to starve us, he shuts down a lot of the farms. Now, we couldn't defend for ourselves. No. Okay. We didn't have the... We didn't know how to do it. So it talks about... Human women having um, babies that were, were, were you know dead uh, when on arrival, that kind of thing. Right. Because uh, they're just starving. It says that they're basically like almost shriveled up. These people. Yeah. Um, anyway, this this works, and again, Atreus has decided to do something good for the masters, and they let us off again. Anyway, this won't work forever because the, the third and final time, again, the people got too numerous, and the racket got too loud, and he says, "Right, I've had enough of this. This is it." Right, and he, he sends a message up to his old man, and he says, "Right, we need a meeting about this." Yeah. Right. We've pretty much finished here. We're going back to our own planet, wherever they came from. Um. We need to destroy these people before we go. Yeah. We can't leave them to their own devices. So the council sit down, and obviously they all stand up and speak. Um, Mammy stands up, and um, Enil stands up, and they obviously disagree. Yep. But, um. Sorry, Enel wants us to decide. Enki disagrees, um, but the, the council rules that they will be we will be destroyed. Right. Okay. <clears throat> they can't take the risk of leaving us, basically. Yeah. And again, this comes into play later on. When we talk about Linda Mortal House stuff. So they can't run the risk of leaving us behind. So the the order is given to destroy to destroy us, and they all swear an oath. Okay. To agree with it. To agree with yeah. it. Yep. Every everyone on that's there, and they can't really disobey the council. It is what it is. So. Enki still, even though he's sworn this oath and all the rest of it, he can't let us die. And so he comes to Atarasis in a. Now, the text isn't clear whether he meets with him or if it's some sort of telepathic communication or a dream. Right. Okay, now obviously they didn't have words for a lot of this stuff, so they, if they say dream, what does that mean? Telepathy. Yeah. Okay, but <clears throat> he speaks to Atarasis, he tells them the situation. And and Atreus tells the people that are, are gathered around him, he's almost like a king. He's almost like a leader at this point. Right. And he tells the people, to, you know, the elders. He says, "Look, the gods does not agree with your god because they basically have different factions on the earth now. One yeah. one for this god, one for that god. You yeah. know that kind of thing, which is the problem uh, all over the world with mankind, isn't it? But Enki and Enil are constantly angry with each other, and they have expelled me from the land." Since I have always referenced Enki, he has told me this. I cannot live in, nor can I set feet on the earth of Enil. I dwell with my god in the depths, he has told me. Right, and this is where he talks about making an ark. The elders, the carpenters carry the axes, the reed workers carry the stone, the rich man carries the pitch. This is the bitumen. Um, the poor man brought the materials needed. So, this is the building of the ark. This is where he's telling them there's a flood coming. 
This yeah. is the this is the way they decided to wipe us out. It's yep. to, it's cause this flood, and that'll basically take care of everything. The only way you're going to get out of it is, is this. A boat, okay, yeah. so he tells him you've got to build a boat, and he tells him it needs to be two stories um, in construction. And again, now we're thinking of the ark, aren't we? Right? Yes, you're thinking. So we got in this two, picture of, of, of a yeah, boat. Now the text actually talks about them building this. Now it's like a basket, right? You imagine a, um, a reed, you know, a reed work basket, a wicker basket, wicker basket, yeah, yeah, which is like a circle in it, and it's kind of like um, it's like a bulging circle. It's like a donut shot shape, yeah, okay, yeah. with a hole in the top. And sometimes they have a lid, don't they? Yeah, you've all seen like the. The fucking the bloke playing the flute and the, oh, the, the snake, snake comes out up, of it. Yeah. Okay, well that's what they had, and that's what they were using for boats at the time. So what they did, they smear it with like um, they had they had the, used it as buckets. So they put like the bitumen on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they used it as a bucket to carry water, and they used it. They put the bitumen on the outside and used it as a boat, make it float. So yeah. Point, okay. Yeah. And this is what he tells him to build, but slightly bigger, yeah. a lot bigger. Well, yeah. Enough to get his animals on. Now, when he talks about livestock, he talks about not every animal, two animals all around the world. Remember, they didn't even know about too many animals. Cause oh, they yeah. Been... But he tells him to like take his livestock with him. Yeah. It's got to be big enough to take your livestock with you and your family abo- above. And it's got to last for 40 days, whatever it is. So, enough rations on there, essentially. So, yeah. this is what he does. He builds his boat and he survives and then, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. But, there's a, like I say, there's a, doc, there's a presentation done by uh, this professor. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But anyway, I'll link him in the description and you can watch his presentation. It's fantastic. Right, yeah. Okay, he, talk, he talks a lot about this. talks about the building of the boat. They actually reconstructed the building of the boat to the text. Yeah. Um, and it worked, surprisingly enough. Um, anyway, it's fantastic. Go and watch it. I'll link it in the description. Go and watch it. So... That's the story of the origins of mankind. Now, I go and go a little bit further with all this, and I'm going to go into a little bit of science, I suppose. Right, have you heard of Francis Crick? Not Francis Drake. Not Francis Drake, no. So Francis Crick, right? He was the co-discoverer of the structure of DNA with James Watson, okay? Now, he proposed between sort of 1971 and 1988, he, he proposed that human life, the, the DNA, did not come from this planet. All right. Right, and this is the guy who discovered the structure, etc. And he, he was pretty sure we was the result of a deliberate, this is his words, deliberate infection. Okay. Now... This sort of goes along with the Greek idea of uh, panspermia, which is that life sort of is prevalent through the universe, and it's sort of starting in one spot, and either by deliberate means or accident. Yeah. So you can have a planet with, like, say, bacterial life on, and then a, a, an asteroid strikes that planet, and bits of that planet go uh, smashed into this, this, you know, to the universe, yeah. and they land on other planets, and therefore the life springs up on these planets. Right. Okay. So obviously that's an accident. Now, what he was proposing is that it wasn't an accident. In our case, it was deliberate. So somebody realised their planet was dying or whatever. They put this bacteria on um, probes and yeah. sent the probes out all around the universe. And eventually, some of them struck land, and that's where we came from. Now, this sounds a bit fanciful, I guess, because the way we're told, evolution and all the rest of it, it do, you know, it sounds a little bit... Far-fetched, okay. Yeah. 
But that's because we're told basically a non-truth. Um, evolution works to a point, and then there's a there's a, there's a point where it doesn't work anymore. Let me, let, don't look at me like that. Let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. Okay, so he even describes this. He even describes this as being highly unorthodox. Okay, this proposal, but it was based on the fact. And he wrote papers on this, so you can go and look at it if this you like. This is that Francis bloke, yeah. Francis Crick, yep. It was based on the fact that... Right, so Crick pointed out, right, the anomalous amount of molybenum, right, in organisms made it possible that life arose in an environment which was rich in molybenum. Um, this abundance of molybenum is living organ in living organisms suggests that life started in a molybenum-rich environment... Uh, they found that Earth is not sufficiently rich in molybdenum. Um, this has been challenged, okay, uh, but it, I think it stacks up. Um, it was challenged basically because the, the amount of molybdenum that's found in the ocean is higher than the Earth's crust. Right. So if life was formed in the ocean, then it could explain why we have a, uh, a pretensity to it. Okay. Yep. But yep. you'd expect life to crop up in an area where it's using the ingredients that are in that area. All around it, yeah. So it's not going to pick something that it's, it's sparse. No. Yep. Okay, so that was his, basically his whole idea was this, um, that to him, it didn't seem like we would evolve using that because it wasn't uh, readily available. Again, if we develop, if we came from the water, it could explain it, but again, there's not that much. Okay, I know there's more. There is more in the sea than there is in the air. Well, so when we started, we was eating grass and sand. Yeah. No, when we started, we was, you know, the the organisms the the uh, were, were using molybdenum to to produce, uh, you know, the the building blocks for life. Right. Okay. Okay. So that yeah. So that does sound plausible if we started in the sea. But what you've got to remember is that, and a, a good guy to go and look at for this is Lloyd Pye. Right, Lloyd Pye did a few presentations. I'll send you them so you can watch them. But he did a few presentations, and one of the presentations he does, he talks about our genetics and the flaws in our genetics. Yeah. Um. Now we are human beings have I think it's almost four thousand genetic defects. I was going to say there's many flaws, isn't there? Yeah, and this is abundant around the world. So it's not just like Caucasians that have this. Yeah. It's pretty much everywhere you go, you'll find these defects, which tells you that the defects were there before man spread around the world right okay yeah. okay which means that at some point um they had them all before they spread out so right, that yeah. tells you that in that period where we was becoming modern human you know from Cro-Magnon on so which we're talking about like 2,000 years uh, uh, 200,000 years back um I think we have Australopithecus and, and um, Lucy I think we're talking three million uh, about 3 million, uh, 3.2 million years ago they are. So somewhere between that and making a Cro-Magnon, which is only 200,000 years ago, from that point there, we developed all these diseases, okay? All these genetic defects. Now... Does this link back then to... I think so, because right. if, if we're talking about being created... Yeah. If you're talking about someone making us, then they're not bothered about defects. If, if one in a thousand die... Yeah. Because it's got a defect, so what? You're only using them as slaves anyway. Yeah. If and you're making that many, it doesn't matter. Even if one in a hundred dies, or one in ten, it doesn't matter because you still get nine. So if we go back to the gods, 
side yeah. of things. It could be more than what the disease might be different defects that he's issuing. That could you know could have been part of it, but I think this was. I think this is when we was created. I think they did some of the genetics, obviously, to, to make us. Yeah. And they probably used well in the text. It tells you that they used the GG. And people, but people um, will be struggling with this. I know, but the texts say that the GG DNA basically was used to mix with ours, and they created from the from that they created um, this being that you know modern man, if you like, to use as slaves. Now that's obviously created defects when doing that because you find defects in nature, so it's not it's not yeah, unusual. Has, has it defects. created four thousand defects in well, one person? Well, this is the thing: these well, defects. You find in nature, but you find in um, stuff that's been manipulated. So, like livestock, right? Okay, okay. Uh, plants, for example. Yeah. You know, where we've deliberately bred something for this Purpose. adaptation. Yeah. Um, that causes defects. Yeah. So that would suggest that we was bred um, as a defect. You know, for an adaptation which caused the defect. Gonna say because one man can't carry four thousand. Well, the other thing with defects is normally if you've got a defect, you die before you before you have chance to procreate. Okay, so if you've got a deficiency, unless it's something that you can live with, um, so say like um, alopecia or something, yeah, yeah, alopecia not going to kill you, so so you can go and breed with that. Okay, so if that gets passed on to the next generation, so what? But something that that's fundamentally gonna cause you problems like um, later on in life yeah something yeah. where you can't go and feed yourself um, that you're not going to pass that genetically on so because it's ge- yeah so it's going to it's going to basically at some point it's going to it's going to uh, thin out and you're not going to have them defects yeah the fact that all humans have these defects all around the world tells you that they were almost inbuilt in us um, and if you if you think that these people created us it's a good chance that when they created us they put us together and didn't really care if we had defects because they're not really bothered because they're only using this for temporary then they're off then yeah they're gone now the text told you that the cause this flood <clears throat> they thought we was all dead right and they've gone they've gone they've, over, gone, they've, they've gone. gone yeah uh, now it tells you that she the, the, the Anu and um, the sister they were sort of above the earth they'd gone to the sky when they cast lots that's where she went the sky so whether that was a mothership or whether that's back to their planet I don't know but let's just say it was a mothership for, you know, for sake of argument, she comes down after the flood. Now remember, she created us. Okay, so, oh, she's, so got, she's come back. She's got a little bit of um, sympathy, or something. yeah, yeah, like a little bit of connection to us. So she comes back and she sees that we're all dead. She actually talks about the rivers being clogged like dragonflies. Yeah, people and you know just washed into the into the rivers and the canals. And she's pretty convinced that we're pretty much dead. Enki knows that. He told that to us that this was going to happen, and he hopes that he's survived. Anyway, yep. the Anunnaki do get word that somebody did survive. All right. And the only way that could have happened if is someone, someone told, told them. them. Yeah. And Enki gets some shit, and they actually talk about um, him breaking the oath, and he's going to he's going to get punishment for that. Now we don't know what the punishment was. We don't know if he was destroyed. We don't know if he was incarcerated. Not um, sacrifice. Settled to exile. We don't know. But all we know is he was going to get punished for it. Now, is that the reason why we haven't seen these gods again? Why we haven't seen these particular alien beings again? Because he was the only one who was very sympathetic to us. His sister's not going to go with all those now because he's been uh, punished. Why didn't they just wipe us out again? I think the, I think they pretty much looked at us and the state of the earth and probably thought... Can't live in that. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and, and, and probably thought he was going to die, so that, they just left, but now, that's, that's the story in a nutshell. Now, where I, I talked about Bigfoot at the beginning, where I, where I think Bigfoot might relate to all this is the Ajiji, right, could they be the Bigfoots that we see now, or alleged to see now? Because, well, yeah, we didn't know if a Gigi was a giant or not, did we? We don't we know don't, what we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. We just all we know. It could have been is that he was here, yeah. um, and we tell we tell in the text or it tells that he was freed. They were freed, but did they go? Did they all go back? Did some of them stay here? Did did they mate with us? Um, there is there is a, there is a, a another theory called the aquatic ape theory. Right. Okay, and it, so this is pretty interesting. Um, a guy that we had on the show, we've had him on a few times now, Andrew Johnson, he's actually done a book about ETs, and in this book, yep. he actually mentions the aquatic ape theory. Um, so, you know, if you get a chance, go to checktheevidence.com, you can get his books on there. If you're into aliens and all the rest of it, he's got some fantastic books. We'll have him on again on the show, talk about some of this, but in the latest book, he talks about the aquatic ape theory, uh, and it's definitely worth a look. So... What this suggests is that our DNA, uh, humans, is stems from an aquatic animal rather than a uh, land-based land animal. Okay, yeah. so when we when we check our DNA against um, primates, we'd expect to see because we're told evolution we came from the apes and blah blah blah, or we we, st- we share a common ancestor, should I say? So. What, so we, is, he, is he going against the Molly Benham theory then? Because obviously that was saying that was on land, and he's saying that we're coming from the water then. Now the Molly Benham, you know, is prevalent, more prevalent in the ocean here, but where where the where it originated from, it could have been land-based, it could have been aquatic, but if the Ajiji were formed by the Ananaki, and they had some sort of aquatic um, evolution to their... So they might have had one. They could have come from an aquatic being, right? And, you know, that would explain why we've got this aquatic nature to us. Um, I'll put this up on the Hangout so people can have a look at it. But basically, this is a table, okay? So you've got characteristics, okay? Then you've got humans, apes, uh, savannah, and aquatic. Now, you would expect that, in this is a tick chart, okay? You'd expect to find when you go down these characteristics, you expect to find humans and apes sort of tally. Yeah. Savannah and aquatic, not so. So what are the characteristics? What are they? What are they? Right. Similar? Habitual bipedalism. Humans got it. Okay. Um, apes don't share that. Right. Okay. And savannah don't share that. Some aquatic do. Um, loss of body hair. Again, this is an obvious one. Humans have it. Apes don't have it. Aquatic animals do. No, like apes don't have, have loss of hair, do they not? Well, they, I mean, they're covered in hair, aren't they? Well, no, they are. Yeah. But don't they have a loss of, you know? No, it means it means that they they share that they, they have um, predominantly hairy. Oh yeah, yeah. right, okay. Not yeah. like they will lose it over time, right? Yeah. Um, skin bonded fat deposits. Now, obviously, mammals have this. Um, you think of whales, you think of uh, seals, this kind of thing, where they have this fatty layer, polar bears. They have his fatty layer, and that also obviously protects him from the cold. Yeah. Now, this could be a byproduct of us not having hair. Okay, so we, we might need that fatty layer because we haven't got hair. So that could be a byproduct. A lot of these could be byproducts of other things. 
Yeah. Okay, so I'm not saying that so this what, is... I mean, it, the, the apes could be linked into the warm-blooded and cold-blooded animals. Yeah, I mean, apes, if they didn't have fear, maybe they would have fatty deposits. Yeah. Yeah, because they would need it. Now, so I'm not saying that this is all definite... 100% this is it. This is, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. There, could be other, there could be other things behind it. But some of the things, not so much. Okay, so when you come on to um, enlarged uh, sweat glands, this kind of thing. Yeah, we have it, apes don't have it, aquatic animals do. Um, even Heinemann, um, which is the um, basically the, the, the flap of skin yeah. uh, that you, you break when you uh, lose your virginity, um, apes don't have that. Now, that seems very strange that we would evolve that after... It's breaking off from the common ancestor. From 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 that, yeah. Yeah, there's there's other other things on this list here that, like I say, I'll put it up on the hangout. Um, I'll, I'll link the hangout into the um, basically we're on Facebook. That's where this stuff goes. So if you go over to our Facebook, which is Realm of the Supernatural, on uh, podcast on there, isn't it? Yeah. I'll put this table up so you can look through his table, and you'll see the just links, how many things yeah. we share with the aquatic things. So the the idea is, or, or one of the theories put forward is that there was an aquatic ape on this planet. That makes sense of this. Yeah. Okay, but we've never found any evidence of this. So, for me, I think that this aquatic um, structure to our DNA came from somewhere else. Because okay. you'd have thought the ape would have had a lot more. But, but well, oh, yeah. Not only not only with human, but with the, with the aquatics as well. Yeah. So, but we don't. So, for me, that's what that's what it shows. So, I I think that it's possible that um, the GG. Ah, the Bigfoot. And maybe this is the reason why science um, doesn't want to... Because by now, they will have had a body of So Bigfoot. are we saying Bigfoot ape side? Are we... I'm saying Bigfoot. I'm saying we... When people see Bigfoot and they say that he looks human, right? I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I think what we should say is we look like it. Right, okay. Okay, because if we look like it, we came from it, not the other way around. When people say it looks human, um, almost like you know we've evolved from it, but we haven't. I don't think I don't think that's the way it works. I think that they were here first, and then you know. But the Bigfoot want aquatic. The Bigfoot in its DNA. Imagine the Bigfoot is a, a Gigi. Yep. Right. In its DNA, when it evolved from wherever it evolved from, we know that the Anunnaki so made it. Right. Yep. So we don't know what. Where the the aquatic DNA come in, it could have come from whatever they shared, whatever they mixed it with. That's why it has genetic. That's why it has aquatic DNA in it, which then passed on to us when they created us from the Ujiji. Yeah, yeah, which would explain where we get it from because we don't need it. Now, if this Bigfoot is the Ujiji, um, that would explain to me why science doesn't put this present this beast to us. Because by now they've got bodies. We know they've got bodies. Okay? Yeah. Many, many accounts of them having bodies. So why they don't put it forward is because it would explain, would it show for 100% certainty that aliens were here and we were possibly a creation. And why that's a bad thing is because if you look into Linda Bolton Howe's work, um, if you go on for to uh, YouTube, Air uh, Files, you can look at a website, that's airfiles.com. She actually talks about insiders talking about an alien race that's determined on destroying anything that was created outside of its control. Okay. Okay, so if you imagine an anarchy created the GG. Yeah. That's by law 
galactic law, whatever you want to call it, and I'm not saying this is true. Galactic law, going yeah. in, what's this, time travel now? Well, I'm not saying this is true, I'm just saying <laughs> this is what insiders have said, okay? <clears throat> but by galactic law and the council and all that, the Star Council, they have said that you're not allowed to create beings. So, they've sent out a rule, if you like, that the beings that have been created, not the, not the originals, the creations, have got to be destroyed. Now, if the Anunnaki created the Ajiji, and the Ajiji therefore created us, we are on the list of being destroyed. And are you all still following this, folks? I mean, it's, a, it's a lot this, of you? it's a lot of conjecture. <laughs> in it, I know that, but it if you look if you look at the video which I'm going to post in the description of Lloyd Pye talking about the genetics and where our chromosomes have been fused together. Yeah, but not just fused together. I mean, you're talking about bits being removed then fused together it's it just couldn't i just don't think how that could happen in nature so if you go and look at that i think you'll come away thinking you know that is really strange anyway that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> if if you go and look at that video if you listen to what i've said today and you think there's a even a little ounce of truth to this or it could be a merit of truth then let me know yeah but go and watch that video that explains a lot more before you genetics do, before you do people get yourself a stiff drink just to uh, get a stiff drink get two yeah just to wrap your head around it because I, I you know getting my head around some of this stuff is going to yeah. be a bit of but a, I think yeah. it make I think that makes sense doesn't it uh, well so, yeah some of it does I yeah. mean uh, I mean I know it, it's clear sense in your head uh, <laughs> I don't know about mine well the principle that the reason that I'm talking about this is because we get this and it comes from the bible as well but we get this um, the gods made us in their image, okay, and we get this passed down to us. We hear this on ancient aliens all the time. The gods made us in their image. That uh, the texts tell you a completely different story. They made us in the slaves' image. So we are, so people have this notion that aliens care about us. You know, they're, they're here to look after the planet. You'll get Andy talking about there'll never be a nuclear uh, uh, bomb go off because aliens won't let it happen but we've already had the atomic bomb go off you know what I mean we've had yeah. 800 tests or whatever it is around yeah. the world these things happen all the time so the aliens if aliens were bothered about that they wouldn't be going to some hillbilly in the woods somewhere saying you've got to tell people about us and all that they'd go they'd just broadcast on telly yeah you know they broadcast all over the world simultaneously it'd just be done they don't care about us and this story tells you that the Anarchy did not have a shred of sympathy for us most of them, 90% of the council, obviously we had one guy who was a little bit more on our side. Yeah. But predominantly, they didn't care about us. And that's the way I feel. I know Stephen Hawkins said something similar. He said, the fact that we don't have contact with aliens tells you that that's bad. That's bad news. You know, that shows sinister... Um, Intentions coming. Yeah, because otherwise... They, they'd be interested now obviously you could go along the lines of thinking that in relative uh, relatively speaking they're human and we're ants you know that sort of level of difference yep. between us so maybe they're not even interested in communi- I mean we're not interested in communicating with ants, ants no. so they might not be interested in communicating with us because we're so far apart Yeah. but if that's not the case and they're not making themselves readily known then 
Well, I don't know, we are communicating with ants. You see that video about the, the, the bloke that put one of them firecrackers in the, in his in his back garden? No. And he chucked a, he chucked a match on it, and it, it blew up his whole garden. Because, you know, ants are creating massive things yeah, yeah. underneath. And uh, yeah, well, it blew up his whole his garden when he chucked the match on it. He filled it with diesel, chucked it in. Oh, oh dear. Yeah, poor ants. Good. Yeah, poor ants, poor ants. Anyway, that's all I'm going to stay on the subject. So, if you like this talk, let me know. Supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Go across to the Hangout. Messages on uh, Messenger. Go across to the website, which is uh, realmofsupernatural.com. I think actually it might be realmofsupernaturalpodcast.com. Podcast.com. Um, yeah, go across there. Um, you can contact us there. Just let us know what you think. Mention, you know, come on Facebook and have your say on there. We'd be glad to hear it. Yeah, definitely. I'd be glad to hear it. Definitely. And watch them documentaries. Okay, so as we've done a story on aliens, you've got a little bit of alien news for us, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit of alien news um, this week. We've got some more, but we're going to put that in a Fast Blast episode. Yeah, I've got I've got a fair few more, which are yeah. uh, quite good. Uh, give, I mean, give us one. Of them. I, I'll give you one of them. I'll give you one of them. So, uh, China unveils super great white shark. Right. Helicopter prototype. And guess what? It looks like a UFO. Well... Oh no! To confuse us even more. I mean, I've I've got the picture here, which I'll uh, I'll post on the hangout. Um, but yeah, it's uh, isn't it? It is a UFO. Well, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Really, it looks like it. Um, so the the vehicle, well, the vehicle dubbed as a great, the super great white shark by Chinese media. Why did they call it that? If it's an helicopter. Well, I don't know. Unless it go, in, can it go in water? Hmm. I think some helicopters can, can't they? Can land on water. I don't know whether they can. Well, they can't. Yeah, they can't. Go don't know. Underwater. Unless it's a new submersive thing, they can send underwater. Um, Read on. Do tell all. Well, it's for future digital information battlefield needs. Okay. Uh, so it's it's seven point six meters long, almost three meters high, and has room for two people on board. Their report claims explains. Schematic drawings shows its outer shell covers rotors and engines, which would presumably give a helicopter stealth capability because any sharp angles would be covered, making it harder for radar to detect. Just fly past it, so wouldn't it? So basically, yeah. what we're looking at here is like a helicopter inside a shell. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Yeah, so oh. we rounded it all off. Uh, so the, uh, the prototype was put on a display in the China Helicopter Exposition. Um... This was a. This was about well, it wasn't that long ago, but last week I think it was. Um, although it remains unclear when it will actually take to the skies, so we don't actually because it's prototype. We don't know if it can fly yet. I don't know how it's going to work out with aerodynamics. Um, but this isn't the first time that a UFO helicopter has been suggested by. Uh, well, not not China, but back in 1950s, a similar vehicle was proposed by Canadian firm AV Row, mm. uh, dubbed as the Avrocar. Yeah. Um, however, yeah. the design proved ineffective during yeah. tests. Pretty unstable. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was unstable. Yeah. I think it said it could get a meter off the ground, and that was about yeah. it. So we it watched the videos like of it. They got it on a tether, and it had storm be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was more like a hoverboard. Um, and it it only reached tops of thirty five miles an hour, which for a helicopter yeah. they they it's do a, yeah it's yeah. rubbish. Um, you could shoot it down with a with a slingshot. But we yeah, yeah. we we don't Useless. know if if China's version will come to life or. Uh, well, I imagine if they've unveiled that, they know it works. They want to you know they want to try it out. Yeah, but they I think they know it works. I don't think they unveil things like that unless it works. 
or where they're going to send it. Mm. Obviously, it's you know it's have made you for another, stealth. Have you got another quick alien story you want to? Another share? quick one, yeah, yeah. I can I can share another one. Uh, now, some of you might know uh, Michael Sheen. Um, you know, he's been on he's been on The Damned United, uh, Frost Nixon, The Queen, mm. a few films and dramas. Uh, so Twilight, you, wasn't he? Is it Twilight? I don't, I don't know. So. I never don't follow Twilight. I know you do. Unfortunately, like. yes, I had to sit through it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah he says sit through it. Um, I've seen him watch it. Anyhow. I don't like Viking things. Uh, Viking. Viking, all right. Yeah, I wish it was Vikings. <laughs> I don't like vampire things because, especially those films, because they're, they're like paedophiles, aren't they, almost? you got like these, vi- these vampire Vikings. They've got these vampires that are like... 12,000 years old getting with like a 16 year old girl it's just really weird oh, you right. know what I mean and I try to explain this to the missus but she can't see it you know she just to say, oh no but look how fit they are yeah but you know, <laughs> you know well, it's still well, wrong isn't it yeah well I'm anyway, glad I don't watch this sort of unfortunately, stuff unfortunately I watched it to be honest with you it was quite good it was quite good well we've got that on recording now yeah. so we've got that anyhow film style apart from that uh Necrophilia's um, um, <laughs> paedophile, oh paedophile uh, element to it all because they're dead, aren't they? Well, yeah, I suppose. So, yeah. and bestiality obviously comes into it because I start shagging werewolves and that. But anyway, <laughs> let's get off this. Yeah. Right, back to the don't main watch story. Twilight, kids. <laughs> don't watch it. Anyhow, film star Michael Sheen <laughs> reckons movie alien ET would love his own town, yeah. as it's a hotspot for UFOs. Sheen, the 50, grew up in Port Talbot in South Wales before finding fame in movies such as, well, yeah, in The Damned United and Frost Nixon, we just said. Um, I thought he was Mancunian. But despite the uh, town beside the M4, which which is a road, uh, being mainly known for its giant steelworks, he reckons it could also be famed for its close encounters. A lot of UFO activity over Wales. That's it. I think Port Talbot is uh, on some weird alien map, he says. Mm. It's like some sort of lay-by, the little chef of the galaxy. Quite like yeah, that, yeah. little chef of the galaxy. Little chef over here in the UK. I don't it's know. It's like a diner, any. yeah? It's like a diner, yeah. yeah. Um, the lady who lived next don't door... I don't think it's on the go anymore, is it? Oh, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple, yeah. didn't they? That Eston Blumenthal tried reviving yeah. it, didn't it? It cost and, you $20 uh, for a breakfast. Yeah. It's a fucking joke. Well, I think it's more than $20 yeah. in... Yeah, I think it's more than that now. Today? Uh, oh, by the way, we're sponsored by Little Chef, so... Yeah, no, it's fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, last week it was Thomas Cook with Lee doing yeah, his... Yeah. Uh, uh, his uh, hotels, wasn't it? That Haunted was good, hotels, yeah. and this week it's Little Chef... Uh, anyhow, the lady who lived next door, who was a very respectable lady and wouldn't make up stories, well, I think they say that about everyone, oh, don't yeah. they? Uh, told us that one morning she was in the kitchen making a coffee and a flying saucer came down and hovered over her back garden. Okay. Anyhow, Sheen insisted both he and his dad had similar experiences. He explained, one day I was coming home from school, so he's a young lad. Uh, I was just about to turn up on my path to my house... And coming round the mountain was a formation. Coming round the mountain. <laughs> it was a formation of lights. There was a formation of some things coming around and going across the sea and then disappearing. Mm. Then years later, on New Year's Eve, about five years ago, my dad, who had not had a drink that night, went up to bed. Oh, so he's, he's getting that drink in there, yeah, making sure he's yeah, sober. Yeah, because that's the first thing people are going to say, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he said he saw a thing in the sky with lights going around it. Well, at this, this stage, I think everyone's thinking fireworks, but it was there for ages and it shot off. 
My dad is a character, but it's not someone who would make this up. Sheen was speaking to Richard Herring's award-winning Leicester Squ- Square Theatre podcast um, when, he, when he mentioned this. Uh, Port Talbot is some kind of hub. Host Richard quips, People in Port Talbot maybe haven't seen a helicopter before. Could it be that? Oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, what a cop. To which uh, Sheen replied, That is entirely possible. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, um, the um, west coast of Britain uh, or England, should I say, is because uh, we're not British anymore. Are we? no, we're English now. Um, <laughs> uh, is uh, that's that's a joke for another day. But um, the west coast of uh, England is uh, where the area do a lot of training and a lot of um, the. Uh, the Lake District and all the way along. Uh, well, so, they have to do the test runs, don't they? So if there's the country, experimental yeah. aircraft, that's more or less where it's going to be. Yeah, because I, I know from from. Um... But then I have had reports in the Irish Channel of um, people witnessing a jumbo jet uh, flying across there and actually elongating. All right, like it went into some sort of vortex time thing. or something. Yeah. yeah. So, but I know I know the the RAF over here. They do um, time runs from. Uh, hull and they go down they go they, they circle round and you, you see you see them go across how fast they can get across i think it's to amsterdam yeah so they, they have a time they have time you know they, they fly straight over and you know within five minutes you're like whoa you can hear them shoot off you know and then some of them break the sound barrier which i don't think we're supposed to do, but, no um yeah wow they're great to watch over here but yeah but saying that though helicopters in port Talbot, i suppose you see the coast guard now mm. and again, don't you? Oh yeah, there? yeah. Um, obviously, you know, some landing in your garden's different to an helicopter. Isn't well, it? yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone knows what an helicopter. Is. This is what I mean. This this uh, mistaken identity. It's not. It's not like um, it never happens when it's a mundane thing. You know, like if um, you're in the garden, you see a fox. Yeah, no. You say, "Oh, last night I saw a fox." Nobody says, "Are you sure it wasn't a rabbit? It could have been a rabbit." Yeah. You know, no, it was a fucking fox, you know. Nobody ever says that though, do they? But if you say, "Hey, you're not going to believe this. I, I was, I was coming down the A46, which is exactly what I did. I was coming down the A46 and I saw a black cat running across the road." Yeah. Are you sure? It could have just been a house cat. Or know? was it a werewolf? Well, but uh, you know, you know what it was. It's you know, it's three times bigger than you know a dog. So, whatever. Yeah, werewolf. But, werewolf. Yeah. Anyway, you know, obviously I was drinking. Well, <laughs> not whilst driving, no. 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 Obviously. Well, this is the other thing, isn't it? But That's what they all say, don't straight away. That's what they're trying to say. You anyway, alcohol, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Yep, got a new one up, we, haven't we? Got, some, got a new one. Um, yeah, so uh, we want to say thank you to uh, Daniel this week. Um, yep. And it's actually Mr. and Mrs. Daniel. His girlfriend also listens to us. And they've come in... At the extremely generous tier of demonologists. Oh, demonologist! Demonologist yeah. on board, of you which know, uh, right? you know is uh, massive help towards uh, the, the, the targets that we've got and the things we need. So, thank you very much for that. And they they will be receiving when we get the patches in. They'll be receiving one of the uh, patches. Yeah. One of the uh, well, the booster packs, as we go, we're going to call well, them, yeah. we? gift yeah. packs. Um, which is going to involve a few new things. We've just got, we're just waiting on a few items to come in, and then we'll be sending them out to those that are on the demonologist thing on the tier, and then uh, we will put the other ones on sale as well on the website, won't we? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, muchly appreciated for that. It does yeah, I've uh, done a bit of a revamp on the website. So if you get a chance to go over to uh, realmofthesupernaturalpodcast.com, I'll tell you what, I'll leave it in the description anyway in the link so you can click on it there. Yeah, just All you've got to do is just click on it. Just add in my bio this weekend, so I'll get that, yeah. get that involved with a nice smiley picture of myself. And while you're there, you can go get, you can have a look at the shop. Yeah, the shop, yeah, t shirts yeah. in there. There's, uh, um, and join Patreon. Patreon, yeah. I'll leave a review. That helps us. For as little as. Two dollars is it? Two dollars? That's the minimum here. Yeah, two dollars. Um, we're we're trying to get we're trying to get one out every week if we can. If not, we, it's every ten days, isn't it? Mm. That we get one out. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get one out every week at the moment. So uh, and as well as that, some of the fast blasts are going to be on there as well. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all, what I can do is put all the shows on there. So obviously, we do have adverts on our shows, but um, some of the shows will go on there and they're advert free. But um, the fast blasts do go up there first. Yeah, so you get them as well as the Patreon shows. You get the yeah. fast blasts. You get them straight away before we they go out to the general populace, populace. I should say so. Uh, consider enjoying joining up there if you're thinking about it. I suggest you do it. Um, helps us out massively. Um, but let us know what you think of the fast blast. It is important that we get feedback on that. Yeah, um, they're like ten minute shows, five ten minute shows, and we're going to chuck them in as often as we can. So if you enjoy it, we enjoy doing it. But if you enjoy it, then then let us know, and uh, we'll keep making them. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, I've, I've received a few, uh, you know, comments on it is uh, people travelling to work, but you know, they might only live 10, 15 minutes away. Commuting, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Commuting to places, or if you're on the bus, or you know, if you're on the train. I mean, train journeys tend to be a little bit longer, but um, a lot of you know, so far people are liking them. And we're just you know, we need your feedback on them, guys, because uh, without your feedback, we don't know how you guys feel about listening to them. Mm. And so. yeah, and feedback in general. Send us your stories. Um, and yeah, we've got some. Well, we've got one to read out this week, haven't we? Um, on uh, on one of the fast blast shows, we can read that one of their stories out on yep. there. Um, but keep sending them in, definitely, definitely. Yep. I just want to say quickly before we leave here, then, if you can obviously subscribe to the show, that's important. Leave the reviews, join the Patreon, etc. But more importantly, if you can find someone who might be interested in the show and, and pass the show on to them you know get get someone else listening if everybody that listens gets someone else to listen or more than one person spread the word spread the word then then obviously the the show will grow and all, all the rest of it so um that's all we really ask like if you you know if you can do that for us that would be much appreciated trying to open um, up the audience i mean yeah. we've, we've put a post up on the yang out as well i put one up um couple of nights ago uh you know where are you guys from you know where are you guys from just post on that um post what country you're from and what county or yeah. or state or district see if we've got quite a few people from different you know similar yeah, see, areas see we get from, we'd love to get different stories from different uh countries across yeah. across the world definitely yeah um so let us go let, let us know where you're from guys that's on the hangout uh but yeah more importantly keep uh spreading the word about the show yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and uh, if you could spread the word, I mean that'd be fantastic. Be brilliant. You know, Absolutely if you could brilliant. just tell one person to listen, you know, to, to go across and subscribe to us, um, you know, somebody, a work colleague, a friend, a family member, I don't know, but um, a church pastor, I don't know. Well, yeah, but anyone, anyone. You um, might not like some of the shows. No, but, <laughs> but um, you know, if you can, really, if you could do that for us, um, you know, it, it really make us uh, very happy indeed. So yeah leave that with you right that being said uh, have a great week and we'll see you on the other side bye for now well they've gone no just for now 
It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Thank you.